The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, and joining me every single Friday for your NFL history conversations, uh, Mr. Andrew Lenz. Andrew, happy Friday to you. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. It's, it's Friday. Can't complain when it's Friday, so... That's how it goes. Uh, getting over a little bit of cold that I had yesterday. Uh, so I don't have to pull off a Michael Jordan flu game going on here. So <laughs> that, there's nothing worse than when you're sick and you, you're trying to record something and trying to keep all the information together in your head and you can't quite do it. But I am definitely feeling better. No, that's good to hear, buddy. That's good to hear. Um, listeners. This is not the last week of October. <laughs> this is not the last week of October. So we do have one more NFL history curse for you guys to do. But um, after that, we're going to be looking at uh, midseason trade, which will be our theme for the month of November. And you know, there's a long line of history for um, for all of those, for all, you know, good ones, bad ones. Uh, and we're going to talk that that'll be our theme for November because it is the trade deadline of the national football league. And yeah, we're going to take a gander at that one. So, uh, but today, today's episode, I know we didn't leave you off with like a cliffhanger as to what we're going to be talking about. I was, uh, debating as to what, as to what I wanted to do. And, uh, we came up with an interesting one. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we have the Madden cover curse and that's, you know, that's, a, that's, that's a gimme. We've, we've talked about that one at nauseum on the show. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the sports illustrated cover curse or cover jinx as it's called. Um, this one I wasn't really super familiar with, but after Andrew mentioned it to me, I did some digging around and there's a lot of credibility to it. There's a lot of credibility to it, and it's not just a National Football League thing. It's it's all sports. Oh, yeah, it's it's all over. This is. I think this is like the original media curse. Everybody's very hung up on Madden, but I don't know if too many people know about the Sports Illustrated cover jinx. That once you're on the cover of Sports Illustrated, there's a good chance something bad is going to happen to you or to your career. And it's going to go down the tubes or you're going to get injured. Um, There's even been people that have uh, been killed in fatal car accidents after appearing on this, on the sports illustrated cover of sports illustrated. I think 
Yeah, there's a couple uh, political ones, like John F. Kennedy yeah. is, uh, is connected to the Sports Illustrated curse. They showed him, uh, you know, real quick, December 26, 1960, him and his wife, um, Jackie Kennedy, were shown sailing off Cape Cod. And, of course, three years later, um, he would be assassinated. So, yeah, this is a bad one. <laughs> This is a, I mean, that one might be a bit of a reach, right? That, that one might be a bit of a reach. Yeah. But the fact that, uh, you know, somebody as important as J- there is another JFK connection, uh, you know, later on, and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll get through that. But, uh, but yeah, there's, it, it's crazy that it's tied to that much bad. Like I'm looking through and year by like every single year, there seems to be at, at bare minimum one. Oh yeah, there's... which is which is which is scary. We're gonna go through them all, whether they're football related or whether they are, um, or, or whether they are, you know, just all sports related. So it's a, uh, you know, there's gonna be some contradictions as well. There's some that you know argue that it's okay. You know, you know what we won't we'll go through some big ones for for all the other sports, but the primary focus we'll do is NFL, NFL and college football. That's what we'll do. But um, when did you first come into? Uh, when, when did you first become aware of this uh, the Sports Illustrated curse? It's kind of like the Madden curse. Um, it was something that I don't think a lot of people realize was a coincidence until the media brought it to your attention. Right. I know we just <laughs> we just had a long conversation about the media and stuff like that before, but that all of a sudden they just notice these coincidences between a team or a player getting put on the cover of sports illustrated and then next game or, you know, a couple games down the line, they're injured. They go into a slump. They're just, they're just horrible. So this is, I've probably known about this uh, since I was a kid. I can't put an exact date on it, but it was at one point, like I said, this is before the Madden, Madden curse. Anything I, this is way before that. So the minute you saw somebody go on the cover of Sports Illustrated, you were like, oh, they're done. They're just not even, they're not even going to make it. Bet against them, they were, on the, they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So that's pretty much where, the, where it comes from. Kind of like now where you're like, oh, who's going to be on the cover of Madden? All right, now how are they going to fight through this? For me growing up, it was who was, what, who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated and are they really going to overcome this? There has been some players that have been on the cover of Sports Illustrated that have overcome things as well. Uh, you know, Tony Dorsett, uh, under the title of heading for the Heisman in 1976, he did win the Heisman that year. There's just a couple of little things like that, but most of the time it's, it's a fall off and it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's pretty crazy. Some of these ones that, uh, it almost, that were, that were made. It, it's, like, yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very bad. It's, it sounds weird, but it, it seems like it can almost like, justify it for you 
So some of them say you like a team that all of a sudden your team loses in like the Super Bowl or the World Series. It's like, well, Sports Illustrated, you know, put them on the cover. I know one story about the Kansas City Chiefs and probably this is around the Trent Green time. So this is what, early 2000s, mid 2000s. And they were perfect. And that's when the Chiefs were rolling offensively and they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So everybody in Kansas City got there, bought all the Sports Illustrateds and started burning them, trying to like lift the curse, like just leave it. And it didn't work because we all know, we all know the story of the Kansas City Chiefs around that time. They didn't really good regular season team, not the best playoff team. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of been their uh, it's been their longstanding tradition. I, I would dare so say, yes. But um, yeah, there's a. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on here. It's very fishy, and the sad thing is, there's so many examples. Yeah, of 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 this. There's actually people who didn't want to go on Sports Illustrated because um, there's people because they believe in the curse. That's how crazy it was. That's how crazy this was. So I'll give you some of the. Uh, we'll start off with some of the earliest examples of um, of curses, just generalized curses. All right, this is, uh, we're going to read through 1954, 1960. And Andrew, if you want to alternate, because we are using the same source, um, same source site, we'll go through the very first batch, just give you some examples, and then we'll go strictly football, um, football related, collegiate and NFL. So I'll start this one off. August 16th, 1954, Milwaukee Braves third baseman, Eddie Matthews, was the first person to appear on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The Braves would have, a nine-game winning streak snapped, and a broken hand later caused Matthews to miss seven games. See, that's like the weird thing. Where I'm like, I'm kind of going through it. I'm just picking out some big ones. Uh, May twenty-sixth, nineteen fifty-eight, race car driver Pat O'Connor appeared on the cover. He died four days later on the first lap of the Indianapolis Five Hundred. Yeah, I think that's February. Yeah, oh, that's a bit of a reach. That one's a bit of a reach. What do you? Oh, here's a football one. October eighth, nineteen fifty six. George Ratterman is featured after succeeding Otto Graham as the Cleveland Browns starting quarterback. He suffered a career-ending injury on October twenty-first. Thirteen days later. Thirteen days later, Friday the third. No, (laughs) just going like shooting stuff out. 13 days later, Friday the 13th. 13th's not a, sometimes people feel it's not a lucky number. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not good. All right, here's a non-football one. Skier Jill Kinmont, January 31st, 1955, suffered a near-fatal crash at Alta, Utah, the same week that she appeared on the cover and was left paralyzed from the chest down. Jeez. And there's a lot. Like we're using Wikipedia. I know it's like it's not really like a good source, but a lot of there is a lot of accurate information on on stuff like this. Um, It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 wild. Um, All right, so let's start going through um, some of the football 
ones. Andrew, if you want to find our next football one between 1961 and 69. It is... Uh... November 25th, 1963, Chicago Bears running back Willie Gallimore was killed in a car crash at the age of 29, along with 28-year-old teammate Bob Bo Farrington on July 27th, 1964. I'm not super familiar with with Willie Gallimore, um, but he was in the College Football Hall of Fame. He was put in the College Football Hall of Fame. But yeah, so he appeared on the uh, on the cover on November twenty fifth, sixty three, and died on July twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four. I mean, that's a it's a wide margin. Uh, again, it's it's probably like uh, like ESPN's famous cherry picked stats, <laughs> but it's also very interesting. It's also, uh, yeah, very interesting. Oh, here's another JFK one. So a year to the day after the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the cover featured a rendering of, his, of JFK's personal ski instructor, Helmut Falch of Austria. And an accident later would leave Falch paralyzed, though he went on to win four Paralympic gold medals in the alpine skiing. So uh, he took a bit away his ability to walk, but hey, he still won Paralympics. Um, let's see. Let's find another football one. I got one Just right go here. Uh, July... 15, 1968, Ray Nitschke was on the cover, uh, told a Sports Illustrated writer that the 68 Green Bay Packers would be the best Packer team ever. But without Vince Lombardi coaching, the, the Packer team went 6-7-1 and one and missed the playoffs for the first time since 1964 and their first losing season since 1958. Oof. That's tough. Yeah. I mean, I... You understand, it's hard not to understand because, right, they're just, they're just coming off of their second Super Bowl win. Mm-hmm. Am I not, right? I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Their second Super Bowl win, and that happens. Um, but yeah, it, it fell off hard, right? This Vince, you went to, did he go to Washington this year or did he take a few years off? I th- he took this, he became the general manager. That's he became general manager for a year. Uh, who is it? Phil Bankston took over, took over coaching duties. He went, Lombardi went to the front office and then the next year he was with the Redskins or Washington, whatever you want to call him. Shame on you. (laughs) All right. Here's the next uh, example. August 31st, 1970. Dallas Cowboy player, Les Shy appeared on the cover and 14 days later, he was waived by the Cowboys. He was picked up by the Giants, however, but two That's weeks cool. later, waived by the Cowboys after being on the cover in a Cowboys uniform. Peculiar. Very yeah. peculiar. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, Les Shy doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so he's obviously not that special, but it was interesting. And getting picked up by the Giants in the 1970s is like getting picked up by the Giants now. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that great of a great of a thing. Oh, he does have a Wikipedia page. Les Shy? Yeah. I can't find it. Yeah, maybe he does. Les, Les Shy. Uh selected in the twelfth round of the nineteen sixty six NFL draft. Oh. That's rough. Yeah. 
Um, let's see. We got a college football one. September 11th, 1972. Two-time defending national champion Nebraska was on the cover of the college football preview edition with the headline, Nebraska goes for three straight. And the Huskers were upset in the very first game of the 72 season by UCLA and finished 9-2-1. And uh, similar occurrences took place in 78, 84, and 96. Jeez. Want to do the Fran Tarkenton one? Oh, yeah. Let's do this one. Uh, <laughs> January 7th, 1974, Fran Tarkenton appeared on the cover as a as the Minnesota Vikings defeated the Dallas Cowboys at Texas Stadium in the NFC Championship game to advance to Super Bowl eight, they would lose. They would lose in Super Bowl eight to the Miami Dolphins. Larry Zonka MVP. I like how they put that on Wikipedia. Like we really didn't know who the MVP was, but as a Dolphins right. fan, you didn't I'm, really need to. You didn't really <laughs> need to know. Also, it's. You know, it's. I mean, what did what did Zonka put up in that game? He put up some numbers. He must be. He put some big numbers. Yeah. I mean, it goes hand in hand. A lot of people think that Minnesota's cursed. We've we've gotten feedback about that. You know, we've talked yeah. about that, but. Um, but yeah, that stinks because Fran Tarkenton's a fantastic quarterback. Never won it. Only excuse me. Never won the big one. One of the best of all time. Never won the big one. Yeah. Played in a few, right? He played in what? Two, three? Three. Played in three. And uh, never never got to win the big one. So. He lost to all the he lost to all the powerhouses of the AFC at that time. Dolphins, Raiders, and Steelers. Woof. Here's another football one. 1977, December 5th. Earl Campbell. All right, famed running back of the uh, Houston Oilers. And he was in college, the 11-0 Texas Longhorns appeared on the cover. They lost their next game, which was the Cotton Bowl to Notre Dame. So some of these, what I'm gathering is that some of these are a lot more severe than others. Um, some of these curses, jinxes, so to speak, are a lot harsher than others. Yeah. But regardless, the curse, the jinx is there. It, and I feel like it's so weird because like, you know how Sports Illustrated is, right? I mean, we've all seen Sports Illustrated covers. They're mm-hmm. big. They're, they're bold. Like, they're, they're, like their titles to sell issues were like, in my opinion, some of the first clickbait. You know, even though there was no computers back then, but it was like these big, massive headlines and, and very bold statements and proclamations. So it, it was just almost sweeter when when some of these things like didn't go that way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, how, how do you take you know an eleven zero Texas Longhorns and you know and not pick them over Notre Dame at that time? I was it this one or was it? You know what? I think this is the this is the that was the Joe Montana flu game. I think. Oh, wait, really? Uh, they're playing Notre Dame. It's, Let me see. I'm trying to figure it out right now. 1977 Cotton Bowl. 
Cotton Bowl Classic. No, that ain't no, it. It would be 70. Oh, it would be 78. College football does that. I think that's the Montana flu game. So that that's even... I don't know if you ever heard that. You've heard of the Montana flu game, right? Yes, yes. It's it would be because if that's around the same time, uh, for the time lost by twenty eight points. That's not good. That just goes to show you how good Joe Montana is. He could take you out with the flu. <laughs> yeah, they spanked him. So seventy seven. Yeah, it'd be seventy eight. 78 Montana would be with because he came out in the 79 draft. I'm 99%. Yeah, it is Joe Montana because I just saw uh, Vegas, Vegas, uh, or Vargas, Vegas, Ferguson, 17 yard touchdown pass from Joe Montana. Hmm. So, so and Texas so, was favored by it, was the favorite by seven points. To get beat that bad? Oof. MVP was Bob Golick. Oh my goodness, how old is this? <laughs> Bob Golick. Bob Golick, also a great football player slash actor, saved by the Bell College years. Yeah. Gotta give him I give him props on that one. Yeah, this is the Montana flu game. So the sports illustrated <laughs> coveragings worked out in Montana's favor. Wow. That's amazing. Good for Joe Montana. Good yeah. for Joe Montana. I don't know if he ever had uh, a good NFL career, but it's good that he won that. <laughs> you want to do our next one, November 20th, 1978? Yep. Uh, Nebraska running back Rick Burns was the was featured after Cornhuskers defeated number one Oklahoma and appeared to be headed towards a showdown with Penn State in the national championship. But they lost at home to unranked Missouri the very next week, and and they were knocked out of the title pitcher. And then they were forced to play a controversial rematch against Oklahoma in the the Orange Bowl, which which revenge-minded Sooners won 31-24. So that's kind of one of those ones where how do you lose to Missouri? (laughs) I'm sorry. Barry Switzer had coach of the Oklahoma Sooners at that time. Yeah. He was a, he was a really good head coach then. Damn Oklahoma, even though Nebraska beat him earlier in the year, Oklahoma was 11 and a half point favorites for the game. Who was, uh, this was Tom Osborne. Yep. Todd Osborne's yep. Nebraska Cornhuskers. It's just crazy how some of these things work out. Here we go. Next up, July 30th, 1984. Yeah. You didn't read this one, right? I didn't read it. I've read it before this, and I thought it was interesting. Okay. Pittsburgh Steelers linebacker Jack Lambert. Appeared on the cover with an interview with the headline, The Man of Steel. However, in the 1984 season, Lambert missed most of it with a turf toe injury 
and retired. That's tough. But he was only Lambert had been had been in the NFL for that would have been his eleventh season. He got drafted in seventy four. I mean, yeah, he fell off hard. But what a crazy headline! You know what I mean? That headline, just Lambert. to retire a couple of you know what I mean? Just to just to kind of go through that and retire and retire after that. The Man of Steel. Oof! Go with a turf toe. It, I never had turf toe. I mean, I imagine it's pretty painful. It's a very significant injury. You know, you see it a lot nowadays. But um, but yeah, it's bad. I am going to. And, oh, it. Yeah, because I heard the turf toe. It's it's almost like your toe is broken, but it's not. Right. And if you've ever had a broken toe, broken finger, the best thing, I don't know, I'm, this is what I was always taught. The best thing you could do is just tape it to the next one <laughs> and then go from there. There's not much people can do for a broken finger or a broken toe or anything of that nature. Yeah, those like little extremities. I'm going to skip the, the other Nebraska one. I think Nebraska has taken up most of our time. And I'm going with one that, I thought was awesome here. And that's July 21st, 1906. <laughs> Jim Kelly is shown in a New Jersey general's uniform in a preview for the 1986 United States football league season. The USFL would lose its antitrust lawsuit eight days later. Kelly would never play for the generals, but then ended up joining the Buffalo bills in time for the 1986 preseason. <laughs> So is this one where it's a curse or was because we've covered the USFL. So we have, this, yes. Is this the curse or is this pretty much we we talked about this before the writing was already on the wall for the USFL? Uh, the timing is very is very strange. It's it's honestly crazy that they would try to push an I, you know what I mean? If they're in the middle of a loss, like a, a lawsuit that big, why would you feature the USFL? It was clearly out of the league. Um, I don't know. I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. This is intriguing. This is a very intriguing timing. Eight days later, the USFL pretty much folds. Yeah. And here's Kelly. Kelly was, if you think about it too, in 1986, Jim Kelly posing on the cover of Sports Illustrated was like the poster boy for the USFL. Right. That's uh, we're both from Western New York where Jim Kelly is everywhere, but to think of him nationally in that aspect where he is the poster boy for a league that blows my mind. That just absolutely blows my mind. So if the USFL never would have folded, Jim Kelly, I'm guessing, would have been the poster boy for the USFL. He would have been the face. Like Joe Montana was in the NFL at that time. Uh, pretty much Jim Kelly. Like, yeah, like Tom Brady is now. Jim Kelly would have probably been the face of the USFL. That's a what if. <laughs> oh, yeah, because that, that would have been the dream team. 
That would have been mm-hmm. the dream team for the Generals because it would have been Kelly, Herschel Walker, and it looks like they also would have got Ricky Sanders, who was a really good wide receiver. Ended up going to Washington in you know in '86, so he won two Super Bowls with Washington. But that's that's crazy. It certainly is. Hey, the next one is pretty wild too. January 12th, 1987, Ozzie Newsom, famed Cleveland Browns uh, player, famed Baltimore Ravens general manager. He appeared on the cover that featured the headline, Never Say Die, after uh, the Browns got a big-time win over the New York Jets in the playoffs. A week later, though, the Browns would lose to Denver at the hands of John Elway in the drive. That see right? How do you dispute that? How do you dispute and argue with that? You can't. You 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 don't. Is what it comes down to. Is that is that's one of those ones where you're like, how did this happen? But yet you can point to this and you could gain. I'm not. I don't want to say comfort, but understanding of why it happened why the drive happened in the, in that aspect right it's one of the, the the drive and the fumble are two of the most miraculous crazy plays to in Cleveland Browns hit, hit i mean nfl history at that yeah but these these disease not plays but just situations moments events that have happened you know and they both of them are against the browns it's hard to debate that curse it's it's very hard to debate that one but Broncos will realize yeah. what the curse means. July or January 19th, 1987. Really, wait, what, a week or two later? Yeah, a week later. Yeah, the week later. <laughs> uh, place kicker Rich Carl, which I believe was one of the last of the barefoot kickers. Uh, appeared on the cover celebrating the game-winning field goal over the Cleveland Browns in overtime. They would advance to Super Bowl 21, where the next game they would fail to beat the New York Giants with, with Carl's missing two short field goals in the second quarter of the Super Bowl that would have extended the Broncos' lead at that point. Jeez. Big boof. We got a lot of good ones in the 90s. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Here's 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 a guy that another one that we've covered, another guy that we've covered on the show, and he's Sports Illustrated Jinx as well. I'm kind of air quoting this. April twenty fourth, nineteen eighty nine, in the preview issue of the nineteen eighty nine NFL Draft, football player Tony Mandarich is featured on the cover with the label of best offensive line prospect ever. And he would go on to be regarded as one of the biggest busts in the NFL. After he so, yeah, we did cover him not too long ago. And then three years Last month, two months ago. Yeah. And then three years later, he gets put on the cover again with the headline, the incredible bust as a, you know, parody of his original covers headline the incredible bulk 
he is now known as the incredible bust. So and this is one of those ones that's a Jim Kelly type situation too. Knowing what we know, do you think this is a jinx? Or do you think this is just some big time coincidence? Or the writing was already kind of on the wall, knowing what we know about Tony Mandrich with, you know, painkillers, steroids. It's hard. Um, I mean, I, I would dare say that most, excuse me, ooh, excuse me, that most coincidences, most or most jinxes are co- very coincidental, right? It would it would certainly seem that way. But we're going on. That's probably like we're up to like at least 10 right now of NFL related or pretty close to 10 right now of NFL related jinxes. And I mean, Hey, you get put on a magazine cover. It's got to go to your head a little bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably as we know, you know, the way that they hyped him up, it probably didn't help his situation being on the cover of sports illustrated. You bulk that ego up. You keep on you know, inflating the head, it's going to explode at some point. For sure. But all right, let's uh, let's go into the 90s. We have three uh, to kick off the 1990s. All right. Uh, I can't pronounce this name, but February 25th, 1991. You want me to get? Yeah, go ahead. I know. I know this guy very well. February 25th, 1991. Rahib, the rocket Ishmael was featured on featured on the cover with the line the next megastar ishmael's seven seven season career in the nfl was a major letdown from his college stardom i know a lot about the rocket the rocket was one of those guys that uh we talked about him a little bit on the what if you know joe montana did go to the cfl right uh he was one of those guys he was coming out of notre dame very fast everybody wanted to know where he was going to go everything of that nature and he ended up signing with the toronto argonauts of the cfl he played with them for two seasons he came in of course if he's fast you're going to go to the raiders this is still al davis's time and he just never he just never was what he was supposed to be he was supposed to be i'm trying to think of somebody i could compare him to he was supposed to be this really great down the field type guy, very quick speed, everything else. His brother, his brother's nickname was the missile. His brother played in the NFL quadri Ishmael, but he okay. just never really, he never put up the numbers that he was supposed to do. Uh, 98 was the only year that he really did anything where he actually went over a thousand yards, but it was only, 1,024 yards, as I say, only over a little bit over, like I could get 1,024 yards in the NFL, but that's neither here or there. (laughs) (laughs) But that's, he just was this kind of an overhyped type guy, bust guy in a way. Like everybody wanted to know what he was going to do, where he was going to go. He ended up going to the CFL of course, if most NFL players that do go to the CFL do pretty, pretty good job, Doug Flutie, great example there. And he just really never, never did anything. Kind of, 
Last time I could think about a player with just much hype and stuff like that was where you were like, yeah, the rocket. Yeah. Okay. Cool. The rocket was probably like Brian Bosworth when you just had that cool nickname and then what else could go along with it? Like the Boz. Right. In 87, my dad would, you know, talk about the Boz. Oh, the Boz. I wonder if the bills are going to get the Boz and stuff like that. But that's way that's the way the rocket was is he was supposed to be the next mega star but he just never he just became a serviceable nfl wide receiver right just serviceable yeah interesting 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 well yeah we got another one coming up another one here january 20th 1992 buffalo bills are on the cover with the prediction but they wouldn't blow it at Super Bowl 26. However, the Bills lost 37 to 24 to the Washington Redskins. Redskins were favored by seven points, by the way. Um, not that that really plays into it, but, uh, you know, it, there was a lot of hype. You know, Buffalo is your second straight Super Bowl, and they got punched in the mouth. They got punched in the mouth big time. Big time. It, conti- it, it continued. It obviously continued. Yeah. So, well, look at all the weird, the weird thing that happened in that game. Thurman Thomas loses his helmet. Right. Because of Harry Connick Jr., one of Harry Connick Jr.'s band members uh, moving it. And I think this was Thurman Thomas's MVP season, too. And they were on a roll. Right. Yeah, there was that. The the, the defensive coordinator was was made the, the call out the hogs. Yeah, what an idiot. You don't call out yeah. the hogs. Yeah. Like the greatest he, gets, he got fired right after that. Yeah, he idiot. was he was the most valuable player of the league, NFL offensive player of the, um yeah, NFL offensive player of the league in ninety one also. So that was like his big time. And then he wasn't even out there. Have you ever watched the four falls of Buffalo? Oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Actually, we have, a, we have a connection to it a little bit. So our, mm-hmm. our network, our previous network manager, Chris Chavez has a friend who actually compiled um, he actually compiled the original documentary that was going to be made in the same like concepts, he pitched it to ESPN or whatever. They didn't like it, but then they stole his idea and you made figured, that. You figured that would happen. The same thing happened to what year was that? Was that 2000? And... No, it wasn't. It was 2003. This guy quit his job, maxed out all of his credit cards. Uh, dipped into his retirement fund. It, it, it's kind of not the same, but it, it, it kind of like come on in a way. And that's the year that the Cubs were going to, you know, were kind of favored to make it to the World Series. So he said, I'm going to follow the Cubs and I'm going to make a documentary about them, you know, from a fan's point of view. So quit, like I said, he quit his job, maxed out credit cards, dipped into his retirement, everything like that. And there was all these people interested in them, interested in them. And then all of a sudden the Cubs didn't make it to the world series. And then he maxed out everything. And then after that, he was like, you know what? 
they were like, I, we don't, we, we don't want anything to do with this. So he put everything <laughs> on the line and then it ended up not getting him anywhere. And that was the year that Steve Bartman with the baseball reached over. So I wonder if he ever found Steve Bartman and just was like, beat the crap. I'm <laughs> going, you cost me so much money. I know I would. I know I would. All right, what do we got next? September 14th, 1992, the Chicago Bears were on the cover following a dominant week one victory over the Detroit Lions. That's Isn't that like an... That's like a given. Uh, uh, that, well, hey, ninety-two. Okay, 92. they're good. They just came off of an NFC Championship game loss. It was a bad yeah. loss, but they came off of it. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> With that, I know my NFL history too, there, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> With the headline, "Good News Bears," Chicago would finish the season five and eleven. Woof. Yeah, that's. That's not good at all. Let's see. What do we got next? Let's go. Um, Keyshawn Johnson. We'll go do another college one. Keyshawn Johnson in 1995. August 28th, 1995. Featured on the cover and proclaimed why the USC Trojans would go back to number one. The Trojans did finish with a 9-2-1 record but they were ranked number 12 and they, as they never reached the top three of the polls. Oh, Keyshawn. Oh, Keyshawn. Kind of quiet. <laughs> Here's one where, this is another one where it's kind of interesting as well. January 13th, 1997. Mark Brunel. this one. I knew you would. Mark Brunel of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Kerry Collins of the Carolina Panthers appear on the cover as their respective teams advance to the AFC and NFC championship game. Both teams lost. So, I mean, right? Like that's, that's, you know, one of those teams has to win these two second year teams, right? This was a, a, a great, what if Super Bowl? Yeah. And you boned them. The expansion bowl. Yeah. Sports illustrated boned them. Come on. Right. Curses there. It's curses there. Or Kerry Collins went downhill too around this time as well. Yeah. Yeah. He was shipped to uh yeah, they, I think New York. No, they cut him. Oh yeah, they cut, cut him. him. They traded him. No, they cut him in ninety eight. And then he they got picked up by the Saints. No, he he oh he got picked up by the Saints in ninety eight. Okay. He got picked up by the Saints for like half of a season in '98, and then he okay. signed, then he signed with New York. I gotcha. Yeah, I he gotcha. Was, he was the original kind of Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Next one. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That's that's a tough one to dispute. But a really cool cover. I'd like a poster of that. I'd be interested in that, uh, like the, that cover. Um, September 4th, 2000, Ryan Leaf appeared on the cover with the headline, Back from the Brink, after a 24-20 win by his San Diego Chargers over the Arizona Cardinals, characterizing his comeback as an ascent 
from pariah to possible standout pro passer. This did not improve his team's performance, though, that season. And uh, Leafs' injuries and piss-poor attitudes led to his release and ultimately the end of his career. So Sports Illustrated's fault for Ryan Leaf. Damn you, Sports Illustrated. Ryan Leaf was going to be amazing. But oh, this this Dale Earnhardt one must be up. I know it's not football related. That's crazy. Where's December 6, 2008. He was on the cover two months before he died. On the final lap, the Daytona fight. Yeah. Jeez. The Intimidator. R.I.P. For sure. Oh, we got a we got a couple good ones to kick off the two uh, the two thousands, two thousand one, January seventeenth, uh, two thousand one. New York Giants are featured on the cover, following their forty one to nothing blowout victory over the Minnesota Vikings in the championship game, and they would go on to get blown out themselves in the Super Bowl by the Baltimore Ravens, thirty four to seven. Never saw that Ravens <laughs> offense play so well the whole entire season as I did in that game. They did look good, right? Didn't they have like a stretch of games where they didn't score a single offense touchdown? Yeah, I think there was like three points. If you look at the 2000 Ravens, it was like it was like horrible. Talk about carrying by a defense. Yeah. Oof, that's tough. February 12th, 2001. The XFL was featured on the cover with the headline, Cheap Thrills. Will sleazy gimmicks and low-rent football work for the XFL? The league's pro- popularity dramatically declined after that point, and the XFL folded after its first and only season. So, Sports Illustrated destroyed the XFL the first time. Okay. Why you got to do that? I'm excited for the Rocks iteration of XFL. Yeah, when is that supposed to come out? I don't know. Maybe next year. I know he bought it in the middle of COVID. Weren't they doing something with the CFL as well? I think there's going to be some kind of work relationship with them. Oh, kind of like uh, in wrestling terms, like impact. Cross promotion. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Because I got to say, because the CFL's rules are way different than, I guess you could say, American football rules. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's going to go, but it is intriguing. Ooh, here's another one. These poor Buffalo Bills. I know, just can't get enough of the Buffalo Bills on Sports Illustrated. September 15th, 2003, Buffalo Bills defensive tackle Sam Adams was pictured with pictured running back a fumble for a touchdown against the New England Patriots. The Buffalo Bills did not beat the Patriots again until 2011. Yeah. Who was the quarterback of that 2011 team there, Andrew? Of what, the Patriots or the Bills? That would be... The Bills. Who was? Oh, geez. <laughs> boy ryan fitzpatrick yeah he broke the curse 
the walking curse broke the curse. Yeah. And then he got and then we he should have did that again. one. Oh my god, we should have did the Fitzpatrick curse. Oh <laughs> we missed the boat on that one. The Fitzpatrick <laughs> curse? We got next we missed week. the Fitz. <gasps> we do. Oh my god. All right. I'm ex- I'm a, I'm even more excited now. I'm even more excited now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good old Buffalo Bills one. That's what they're they're technically second, but we'll count the Jim Kelly one. We'll make it three. All right, our next one. Our next one happened on November seventeenth, two thousand and three. The Kansas City Chiefs appeared on the cover after starting the season nine and zero. We'll lose the following game just in Cincinnati to the Bengals. And Kansas City finished the regular season four and three. Uh, losing home field advantage to the New England Patriots, followed by losing the, to the uh, in the divisional playoff game against Indianapolis. So they went four and three on the on the so you finished thir- 13 and three. That's what I'm gathering um, after that. And and kind of blew it. This That's is tough. This is the one that when they that everybody bought in Kansas city and like burned them thinking it would lift it, but obviously it didn't. They were, (laughs) they, they were cursed. January 26, 2004, Carolina Panthers wide receiver Mushim Mohammed appeared on the cover after the Panthers beat the Eagles 14, 14 to three to lead them to the Super Bowl, And then they ended up losing the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. Yeah, by Adam Vinatieri's leg. I was pissed about that one. Looks like Sports Illustrated really loved the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I don't see anything bad with. Not yet. No. Everything's been for the Patriots. Yeah. So like... this next one, this next one's bad. I was. <laughs> Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Marvin Harrison. Appearing on the cover after a win versus the Denver Broncos. The next weekend, they faced the New England Patriots and lost in the divisional playoff rounds. That stings a little. Oh, wait. No, we got one coming up. That's not good for the Patriots. Oh, okay. That's like, uh, we. that's coming up in two. In two? Yep. So we in, have in two. February 5th. 2007 uh, Brian Erlacher is on the cover with the headline waiting on Peyton as the Bears were to face the Indianapolis Colts in the Super Bowl and the Bears would lose the Super Bowl to the Colts yes thank you Sports Illustrated waiting on Peyton <laughs> it's a good headline Wait, Here, how about this one how about this 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 cover curse? In September of 2008, New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady appeared on the cover of the NFL season preview issue. Brady tore his ACL and MCL in his left knee minutes into the season opening game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Jeez. So we spoke a little early. <laughs> We spoke. We we spoke a little early uh, on the Patriots thing, but that is crazy. Come on, there's 
come like that just adds to the weirdness of that situation. That was uh, right coming off his best career season at that point. Electric offense, and he tore his ACL and MCL. And then you add the ESPN cover curse or the Sports Illustrated cover curse before that. Yeah. Come on. That was a nasty hit, too. I remember seeing that. It was. That's why the rules are the rules that we have now, because <laughs> got to make sure quarterbacks stay clean in the pocket. Uh, I'll read this one for you. November 16th, 2009. Indianapolis Colts oh. quarterback Peyton Manning appears on the cover in inside the helmet of the league's most cerebral quarterback. The Colts would ultimately lose to the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl. So that's a distant one, though, too, because it's November and then they ended up. It is, it is, but the, the, the irony of um, the cerebralness is that he threw an interception at a pick six to close the game. Yes. So that's tough. So maybe with the curse is it's going to get you. So you always got to keep an eye out for it. Right. I mean, sometimes there's like a delayed thingy with with you know the Madden curse yeah but um could we be yeah. seeing this year with Mahomes uh he hurt his ankle the year he was on it but yeah we could definitely be seeing it but then he won the Super Bowl he did so I'm yeah we could be I wonder if we're seeing something here. And maybe that's the resurgence of Lamar. Because last year he was on the cover. Not yeah, too- he had a bit of a down year last year. Now all of a sudden he's he's killing it. Um yeah, that's true. Oh boy. Yeah, we got a couple good ones, more good ones. Let's keep this thing rolling. January 11th, 20, 2010, Miles Austin of the Dallas Cowboys was on the cover. Dallas lost the divisional playoff game to the Minnesota Vikings. I'm just happy Miles Austin got on a cover. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound rude or anything, but it was kind of a underrated wide receiver at this point. Hey, he is now the New York Jets wide receiver coach. Is he really? Do you think he carried the curse? Uh, Wide receivers aren't that great. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know. Here's another thing. As I look at Mr. Miles Austin, the year before, in 2019, he was the offensive. Oh no, they were they did good in 2019. I thought it was maybe last year. Oh. 2017-2018, he was a pro and college scouting intern for the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe that's why the Dallas Cowboys are doing good. It 
could be. Could be. What do we got next? We got a dual issue. If anybody is ever familiar with uh, Sports Illustrated, they will normally do dual covers for regions. January 10th. Or sorry, January 2010, uh, Brett Favre appeared on the cover with Favre on fire. And then in the Northeast, it was Mark Sanchez. Both of those quarterbacks lost in their championship games. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Just damn. So maybe he really was the Sanchez and it was just Sports Illustrated screwing him over. Maybe that was the case. Maybe he was supposed to come out firing against your Colts and beat him in 2009. Right. Sports Illustrated takes another one. Another one. What after this year, Favre had that completely down year too, right? In 2010? Yeah, he fell off and that was it. They didn't acknowledge that, but that was his last, I think that was his officially his last year. Yeah, 2010 was because I know he was there for part of one year, but he was just constantly injured, which he was never injured, really injured before, never missed a game. He's one of only four quarterbacks to start 200 consecutive games. And then you're crazy. Okay. Yeah, he was mostly healthy for the majority of his career. So that's yeah. crazy. Uh, next up, we jump up a, a year or so, January 19th, 2011. Bears quarterback Jay Cutler and Jets linebacker Kelvin Pace appeared on the cover following their respective teams' wins in the division around the playoffs. Both lost, both lost their respective conference championship games with Pace and his team losing to Pittsburgh and Cutler injured his knee as the Bears went on to lose against the Green Bay Packers at home in the NFC Championship game. You feel so justified by this, don't you, after reading that Jay Cutler was on. <laughs> it was a jinx. It wasn't Jay Cutler's talent. Oh, 100%. That's what it was. Chicago was the number one team. Yeah. Then I'll, then he's on the cover and he hurts his knee and and then everybody shat on him after that. His career went downhill. Stephen A. Smith and all these clowns were just taking shots left and right at Jay Cutler. So, so it wasn't his fault. It's another thing right here with the Sanchez. It wasn't the Sanchez's fault either. It's the Jinx. Sports Illustrated makes good quarterbacks go bad. <laughs> Apparently, I, it, it, I mean, there's not much. Like, we can't even argue about it at this point. It's it's pretty clear. Here it's we pretty are. clear. December 14, 2011. The Denver Broncos. Um, I can't even talk. Uh, Magley focused on team on Tim Tebow appeared on the cover after a six game winning streak. They would go on to lose their next three games of the regular season. One of those games being against the Buffalo bills who were in the midst of a one and eight stretch. 
Oh, God. See, it's Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Tebow could have been a Hall of Fame quarterback. And they did him in. They yep. did him in. All right. Next up, January 8th, 2012, the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers appeared on the cover as the 2011-12 playoffs began. And the Packers lost at home to the Giants 37-20 to and became the first NFL team with a 15-1 regular season record to lose their opening playoff game. We could have got Packers and Brady. We could have got Packers and, and Patriots that year. Instead, we got a re- I mean, we got a good rematch with the Giants and Patriots, but yeah, we would never have had the Manningham catch. No, no, we would not have. There's a long. It looks like there's a long stretch, though. Oh no, <laughs> I just found another one real quick. Yeah, I got one. It didn't take long. <laughs> December 2nd, 2013, Cowboys quarterback Tony Rombo was on the cover after the week he beat the Raiders on Thanksgiving, and they were 7-5 leading the NFC East. Uh, the story was about how America shouldn't blame him for all the, for the Cowboys' recent collapse. The next week, the Cowboys lost to the Chicago Bears 45-28. to but that was mostly on the defense. However, the matchup between the Green Bay Packers, who had to use quarterback. Here's another guy that doesn't get enough credit, who had to use backup quarterback, Matt Flynn. Dallas went up 26 to 3 and ultimately losing 37 to 26. 37 36. Yeah, 37 yeah. 36. Romo <laughs> for his two late interceptions. Jeez. Cowboys ended eight and eight the third straight year and missed the postseason. Romo suffered several injuries throughout the rest of his career. So it's not Romo. Correct. See, Romo would be on our Mount Rushmore if it wasn't for Sports Illustrated. True. But true. I think yeah, see. I think we 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 talked about these right on the cusp. The only thing that got Danny White on was those NFC championship games, even though we lost them. It's the only thing that got him on there. Only could have been it if it wasn't for the cover of Sports Illustrated. It's crazy, <laughs> though, that you would that you would just do that too. Like you just put Tony Romo right on the cover with that whole story about how America shouldn't blame him for the Cowboys collapse. And then all the collapses seem to be, most of them seem to be his fault as they go on. And then all of a sudden he just gets injured. So that, that is like a giant jinx right there. That's, that's like with, with a no hitter or in the 98 NFC championship game, when they were like, Hey, Gary Anderson's never missed a field goal or hasn't missed a field goal. And, all year long, and then all of a sudden he misses it. That's a jinx right there. This one I can get 150% behind. They just completely jinxed them right there. <laughs> yeah. Poor Tony Romo. He gets hate for no reason. He does. But, all right, let's zip through some of these. I got to get rolling soon. Uh, January 19th, 2014, New England's LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, who scored four touchdowns the previous week in AFC Divisional Round playoffs against the Colts, 
had five carries for only six yards the following week against the Denver Broncos in the AFC Championship game. See? Can't be doing that. That's one of those ones where it's LeGarrette Blunt and you just throw him on the cover because he had one good game. Hey, he played like a bunch of like, like, like three or four straight Super Bowls on different teams or something <laughs> like that. He did have a weird stat. Yeah. Um, here, I'll keep rolling here. February 12th, 2014, the Broncos, who set a record for the most touchdowns and points in the NFL history uh, in regular season. And Peyton Manning also set individual records for passing and touchdowns. Lost the Seahawks in Super Bowl 48, 43 to 8. So it was another Sports Illustrated cover jinx right there. Did you see this it one? Really was. Did you see the Nick Folds one? Oh, shoot. Did I pass over it? Yeah, I December, did. December 15, 2013, the Eagles' five game winning streak is ended in a 48. 48- the 30 loss to the Minnesota Vikings after quarterback Nick Folds appeared on the cover. Don't tell Jack that one. Oh, I'm going to send this to Don't him. Don't tell him that. I'm sending it to him. <laughs> November 24th, 2014, after a 201 yard, four touchdown performance, New England Patriots running back Jonas Gray was on the cover. And the Friday after, Gray was late for practice, sent home, and told he will not start. Next game, he did not have a single carry with head coach Bill Belichick focusing on newly signed LeGarrette Blunt. Jeez. <laughs> February 2nd, 2015, the Seattle Seahawks famed Legion of Boom defense is shown just before Super Bowl 49 against the New England Patriots. The Seahawks were famously lose the game in the last minute when head coach Pete Carroll made the controversial decision for a pass that was intercepted rather than let Marshawn run the ball in the end zone. That's, yeah. well, that, that explains it. But yep. 2015, Sports Illustrated picked the Baltimore Ravens on the cover to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 50. Injuries to several key players, including Joe Flacco, prevented them. From being serious contenders, they would end the season with a five and eleven record. Oh God! What year was that? That was two thousand and fifteen. Oh man! Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. January fifth, twenty sixteen, Minnesota Vikings running back. Adrian Peterson appeared on the cover promoting the Vikings NFC North title. However, the Vikings lost the Seahawks 10 to nine. Thanks to kicker Blair Walsh's missed chip shot field goal. They should have had that game too. Vikings. Should yeah, have that, was, that was tough. That was tough. February, February 2nd. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, February 2nd, 2016 Carolina Panthers quarterback Cam Newton appeared on the cover promoting their appearance at Super Bowl 50. However, the 17 and 1, well, they're counting playoffs. 17 and 1 Panthers were defeated by the Denver Broncos 24 to 10, thanks to the large part of the Broncos' top ranked defense. So, so Cam was probably supposed to win that. Probably. Cam was- uh, you know, Peyton wouldn't have ran off into the sunset. Yeah. 
supposed to be Cam. Here's here's one that goes with like four different players. So, like I said, they do regional stuff. Like so, they have four different color covers on the September 4, 2017. They had Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, JJ Watt, David Johnson. Those are all just whoever, whatever area you're in, you would have got one of those four covers. So Brady loses to the Chiefs in week one, 42 to 27. And then the other three cover athletes all suffer various injuries. Watt suffered a broken leg. Rogers breaks his collarbone at week six. And David Johnson, I believe, breaks his hand. Yep. Or dislocated wrist. For me. Dislocated yeah. his wrist week one. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tough one. That's that's a that's a super mega curse. Uh, January eighteenth, or excuse me, January 29th, twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. Los Angeles Rams were featured, having just won the NFC Championship. And going into Super Bowl 53 as the heavy favorites, given their 13-3 and regular season record, the Rams' unstoppable offense was stopped by the Patriots, only scoring a single field goal, the Patriots winning 13-3, and one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. That's subject to opinion. I kind of like that Super Bowl. Eh. I was on a cruise ship watching that. It was not. It was not cool. I could see. Okay, if you're on a cruise ship, I could see that because you're like, there's other things I could be doing. But I was stuck in my house, so there was not too much <laughs> other stuff I could be doing. So I do understand. I do understand where you're coming from, and this is our. Oh no, got one more after August 26, 2019. The 2019 NFL preview featured the Cleveland Browns on the cover. With the decoration, the Browns are back following a three and one preseason. The issue predicted the Browns to go eleven and five, win the AFC North. The Browns opened the season with a four with a forty three to thirteen loss to the Titans. And let's see what else we got. And by being the only the second team of the year to lose the NFL worst Bengals, who finished six and ten. They also also newly hired Freddie Kitchens, who was hailed in an article as turning the team around, was fired after the final game. So they were supposed to go 11-5. They go 6-10, and 10 and they suck. Still. <laughs> but then they, so, go, yeah. they bounce back next year. So don't put, don't put – stop putting the Browns on the cover. Give the Browns a chance. <laughs> so there it is, everybody. There is your curses, the Sports Illustrated curse. Um, it is, in fact, very true. We'll be back next week. We are going to break down the Ryan Fitzpatrick curse, and this should be an interesting one. This should be an, it should be an interesting one. I'm sure Andrew's going to have a wonderful time talking about this curse. So uh, that is it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And on behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Yeah, spot.